0: Hi, hello, how are you? It's Daryl, and welcome to episode 105 of Cage Rage, a Nicholas cage podcast. Is the podcast in which I, your humble host and guide, Daryl Edge, take you, the dear listener, on the journey with me to true cage nirvana. And what is true, Cage Nirvana, you may be asking yourself, and it's very simple. It's the most highest, purest, most ethereal, most ethical, most sexual, most literatical, mathematical, geographical, other things ending in cool form of being that one can achieve, made only possible, of course, by watching every single movie that the man I call the golden hog of Hollywood, Nicotus Cage has ever been in. Hope you've been keeping well. Hope you're doing good. Here we are, back for another episode with Nicolas Cage's fourth output of 2023. He's, uh, got a, he's been busy. Your boy's been busy. It's The Retirement Plan. Uh, this is uh, another one that went sort of straight to streaming, at least in the UK. Very limited release in the US. And um, one that's been interesting. It's been not much about it was online then a picture of him in the costume came out in 2022 and then suddenly a trailer dropped and now here we are talking about the movie so i was joined by uh the reverend scott k of the church of tarantino podcast to dive into this one uh we're covering a lot of ground we're talking about the uh allusions to other tarantino works that we found in this movie how um not all of this movie makes a lot of sense there's a lot of mcguffins a lot of plot holes and how just a little bit of tinkering here and there could have fixed things. We are starting the Justice for Bobo campaign. Uh, that'll make sense as you listen to the episode. And despite this movie's misgivings, how it's still better than Avatar. Um, so all of that to look forward to. If you've enjoyed the episode, if you enjoy the show. Do reach out and show some love on the usual social medias, or on Twitter, or X, or whatever it wants to be called these days, at cage underscore podcast, or on Instagram at cage rage pod, uh, podcast on TikTok, all the links down in the description. If you enjoy it, give it a five star rating as well, helps the podcast grow, helps more people find it on the journey to true cage honor, which is what it's all about really at the end of the day anyway. So without further ado, let's get into this one. It's Darren Ledge. It's Scott K. It's The Retirement Plan. Enjoy. Duh. This week, we take a trip to Cage's fourth movie of 2023 with the crime thriller The Retirement Plan. Cage plays Matt, a retired beach bum who must invoke his dangerous past in order to help his family. Now joining me this week on the journey to true Cage nirvana to see if this movie has a foolproof plan or should just stay retired is the host of the Church of Tarantino podcast, It's the Reverend Scott K. Uh, Scott, thank you so much for joining. How the devil are you doing today? Thank you very much for having
1: me. I am doing better than Bobo does at the end of this. <laughs>
0: Rip Bobo, he deserved more.
1: <laughs> he did. Uh, no, I'm doing great. It's a. Uh, it's very exciting to be on your podcast. As uh, for your listeners don't know, I started three and a half years ago in your territory, yours and Pedro's territory. We had the gall, <laughs> the gall to step into Cageland, uh, thinking that there was no one doing Nicholas Cage. We bit off more than we could chew cuz we were doing two movies so, uh, an episode and we just burned ourselves out. Oh, yes. We stepped out after 6 months and allowed the pros to do it and <laughs> I moved on since to Tarantino and so but Nick has always been uh one of my favorite actors if not the greatest actor living and I'm really hopeful that he's going to make it into the final Tarantino fan uh film that would really really just it would really just be the icing on the cake for me
0: uh well first of all thank you for calling me a pro that's far more praise than i deserve <laughs> for a nicolas cage podcast um i think yeah cage podcasts come and cage podcasts go and there'll be many before many after and and i was one who just happened to uh not crumble externally but internally <laughs> I've, I've watched a lot of cage yes. <laughs> and that changes a man it does um uh, yeah i think it would be uh great to finally get cage in a tarantino movie like i i will sort of hold my hands i've said it before and i think at this point in my life i'm going to start dubbing myself maybe the silliest goose in podcasting <laughs> i caught i have the gall to call myself a movie podcast and i've just not watched anything because i'm an idiot um i've watched a bit of tarantino i think m- not enough to you know have the audacity to start a tarantino podcast anytime soon but
1: or or the audacity to call a church <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's
0: it's it's positive marketing it's a brand um yeah i think that would be very exciting to have a uh tarantino and cage work together that would be very uh very tantalizing i don't know what we'd get out of that because I, I i've always said i'd love to see sam raimi and Nicholas cage work together mm-hmm. and i just have something go absolutely ape shit, but um mm-hmm um i look forward to your future episode covering uh, <laughs> that uh, no pun intended dream scenario situation yeah. uh that will come up as well uh but certainly for new guests on the podcast as well always keen to know um and there might be a hint there because you've mentioned mm-hmm. correctly of course that he's the greatest actor of the generation uh what is your sort of like nick cage history uh, where do you sort of start with cage uh what are your views on the man that i call the golden hog of hollywood I
1: love that term for him, and it has to be on the pyramid that he was going to be buried in in New Orleans. It should just, you actually, if you don't, you should get customized and golden hog and pick a pilgrimage pilgrimage there, and I will go there and I'll meet you in Petros, and we will sneak in at night and we will walk up the side of that pyramid and we will put it on top of the pyramid late at night so you have it. Um, Probably, I I probably remember him in. Raising Arizona, but probably where my entry point, you know, officially would have been that crazy summers, back-to-back summers of the late nineties where he releases face off. He does con air and he's Mm -hmm. in the rock. Those three just, I mean, they catapult him into the stratosphere Mm -hmm. and you know, those are the movies of that summer. You know, those, those three movies within that two, I mean, really in a 12 month span, I mean, he made so much money. He was, he made the kind of money where he had the audacity to buy a stolen T Rex head, skeleton head. So, I mean, we're talking ludicrous amounts of cash that yeah. he's just frivolously. so much so that he forgot to pay taxes. And then it's <laughs> happened to the best of us. We've all been <laughs> there. Started, starts the down <laughs> plunge. But um, when you get past, I said this, I've said it on the podcast when we did it, but I also say anytime he comes up when my podcast I'm talking, is when you get you have to watch the films. Everyone watches the memes or they watch the YouTubes of him losing his shit mm-hmm. and without the context of the scenes, you don't really get it and you're well versed and your listeners are well versed in this now. He's the best thing of the movies he's in, even if they're shit movies. He's always giving a performance and sometimes what makes those shit movies shit is he is dragging people along behind him to try to get him to do anything. Literally anything. (laughs) Just maybe blink differently. Maybe walk, bring something to your character besides just reading your lines. And so he will stand out like a sore thumb because the only person performing for you is Nicolas Cage. Mm. And everyone else is just, uh, I'm just glad to be in this movie. I'm glad to be able to pay rent. You know, (laughs) Nick never looks at it that way. No. And... I think the resurgence for me for him where I knew he had fallen on some hard times and, you know, that is what it is. I mean, all, all great actors have these moments. But Mandy, I got to see that over COVID. I'd wanted to see it when I saw it, the trailer in 2018. For some reason, I missed it at the cinema. And then starting that podcast uh, re-energized me. And Mandy, uh, I love Mandy. Like I will I will fight anyone to the death. And he is probably one of his more noticeable cage rages, as you have so aptly titled your show, (laughs) is the bathroom scene. Yeah. And if you don't know the bathroom scene prior to just seeing the scene, sure. Does it come off weird? Yes. But if you know everything leading up, it is one of the most heartbreaking, one of the most unbelievable. Cycles through emotions that a person can have, it gets me every time. It's an unbelievable performance that would get most actors nominated for an Academy Award for just that scene alone. The emotions he goes through in that scene is unbelievable. So, mm. Yeah, maybe I've said a little too much, but I fucking love Nicolas Cage. I love everything he's going to do. And <laughs> I'm a big funny thing is I'm in my late 40s now. So he, in this film we're about to talk about, he's wearing a couple of Hawaiian shirts and I'm in a Hawaiian shirt stage. And I'm like, all right, me and Nick are on the same trajectory now. We're, we're into our, leisures, our leisure years. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh,
0: our attire is. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, speaking of like Hawaiian shirts, I am... Um, I'm an early 30s myself, but I wear them unironically all the time anyway. So, any They're so comfortable. They really are. Like I understand why older <laughs> people wear them. I'm
1: like, why am I fighting this? They're pretty hip now.
0: Look, it, the um, the natural progression of life is all pushing us towards that cruise ship, man. <laughs> get, me, get me on a cruise ship. Get me on that shuffleboard tournament.
1: Get me on a White Star Line uh, cruise ship anytime soon. See what happens.
0: <laughs> I, I've got more of them more Hawaiian shirts than is um, to, to the point where like, if that doesn't confirm like my ADHD or autism diagnosis, I don't know what does. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just love, love colors. Apparently. Yeah. Um, but obviously speaking about sort of, you know, the, uh, well, the, the cage rage of it all to sort of um, mm-hmm. be, be a bit uh, self-quote here that we've all seen like Nicolas Cage losing this shit like on YouTube and like I'm at the point now where having seen all these movies, I just know where all the where all the rage comes from. I can just be like, "Yeah, that happened in that one. That happened in that one." Um, and I've said it before. Like watching all the movies now and having them in context, like ninety eight percent of the time, every time he screams, like in the context of the movie, the character is completely justified.
1: <laughs> yes, yes,
0: it is. So you can just like take. You could take anything out of context and then just put it on YouTube yeah. and play, like, I guess this is how this person is all of the time yeah. um, in their personal life. And I think, like you said there as well, if I had crazy stratosphere acting money, I can't say that I wouldn't have bought a, an illegal Mongolian dinosaur skull <laughs> myself as well, um, which would eventually have to be returned to the Mongolian government. <laughs> Did he ever get his money back for that? Or did he also
1: lose the money on that as well? Did he ever get the fair exchange re- return?
0: I am fairly sure he made a loss on that skull. Oh, man. That's that's brutal. I think he, that's brutal. I think he outbid Leo DiCaprio for it. He outbid Leo. Yeah.
1: This this has to be Leo. Leo probably just came off Titanic. So Leo wasn't in the stratosphere yet. Like, But if he was coming up on Leo mid-2000s, late 2010s, he probably got outbid at that point because <laughs> he was paying a lot back. He probably wishes he sold it to Leo and got that money. He would have paid off all his fucking IRS debt.
0: I, I mean, I, I have to imagine that there's just, in the inner workings of Hollywood, there has to be some kind of like black market auction place where you can just get this <laughs> stuff. And then Leo, you know, young kid just breaking through Titanic. And Nicolas Cage just like, stay in your lane, kid. <laughs> and just outbid him on that skull. It's like, let's cut the chit-chat. A-hole. <laughs> Give me that
1: skull. A-hole. Oh, God. I love Nicolas Cage. It gets to a point now, though, that if he doesn't do a, some kind of, I don't want to say overreaction, but if he doesn't have some kind of emotional outburst in a film, you're almost like, what did I pay to see? Because I, I want that. Because like you said, it does fit the character. He's he's bringing real human emotion and. If anything since 2020 has shown us, now that we all were sent inside for a while and we were filming everything we ever did and you can now get paid money for that shit, human beings lose their shit constantly for the most ridiculous and asinine reasons. For wearing a mask so you don't cough on somebody else. For having to stay in the line for two extra seconds. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? For someone wanting to just merge into traffic. So for anyone to get give Nicolas Cage shit for doing it in a movie... You're doing it every fucking five seconds. People are losing their shit in the planes. No one can. Every I think Cage. I think Cage has spread to us all. We're all cage raging. He's just the only one who's smart enough to get paid to do it and doing it just in, in an acting <laughs> capacity. We're doing it like a bunch of fucking idiots.
0: Look, if if my life was getting filmed every day, like I'd be in a padded room for a lot less. That's all I'm saying. Like there's I've just been like, doing like the dishes or something, and I'm just like. <laughs> I think today's the day I kill someone. (laughs) It's like, I just, there's like just a stain. that I just can't get off a plate. I'm like, this is the day I had myself in. It's over. (laughs) (laughs) I just throw the plate out. It's like, I
1: know we have a set of eight, but now we have seven. Fuck this plate.
0: It's it's like, look, we can't ever have eight people total over anymore. That's, that's out. We're we're an odd number dinner people now but (laughs) that's it's good though but right like you're cutting some
1: people you're you're trimming the fat in life
0: yeah like look we're gonna have to pick between ourselves like i said it's like my partner we're gonna have to pick between ourselves Mm -hmm. which of our mutual friends didn't make the cut um because i fucked up on plate duty yeah and then they're they're, we're gonna gaslight them for it yeah
1: well maybe there's someone who you took out anyways and they don't you know they're always not really pitching in the right amount for the bill or they always seem to be in the bathroom. So you know what?
0: They're out. Yeah, they're gone. Yeah,
1: like at the retirement plan. They're out. They're boboing. You bobo. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we, we we could start boboing some of these people. Make cut, <laughs> cut the circle down. Like I, like at the time of recording, um, I've just seen like the latest Saw film, like in the cinema. Um, so now like I'm just thinking of all the things that Jigsaw would like catch me on. It's like, <laughs> it's like you were getting ready for work and you wore odd socks. Yeah, but he was a KFC deep fryer, and then like, (laughs) like like jigsaw's putting people in traps for like minimal (laughs) crimes. Uh, All right, like
1: you didn't put the cat back on that pen in 1925. (laughs) (laughs) Into the boiler you go.
0: (laughs) You said you put the leftovers in the fridge, and now they're edible. (laughs) It's like ah, yeah, fair. Can you Rubik's cube your two
1: balls together (laughs) with the right sequence to get out?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've seen your internet history. You're a sick, sick man. Dun, 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 like, yeah, yeah, that's probably fair. <laughs> I wouldn't even fight the trap, to be honest. I'd just be like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to let it count down. It's not going to be entertaining for you, like Mr. Kramer, assuming I know who Jigsaw is in this fantasy world yeah. of mine, but it's not going to be entertaining for you to watch, but honestly, fair cop. This is a fair arrest. Yeah. You don't even need to read me my Miranda rights. Um, just get me, get me buzzed up and diced.
1: Or do you go the reverse where you make it so unentertaining that he wants to let you go? Like you just start sobbing while jerking off one last time. You're just, <laughs> you're just like, all right, you got. You start crying. <laughs> he's got to watch you slowly wank and cry. This, he's like, you know what? you can go this (laughs) i thought this trap was gonna be the bigger punishment clearly i was wrong your life is the punishment so you may go back
0: it's like listen jigsaw you have no idea how little it takes for me to drop try and start twerking at the best of times (laughs) so you think i'm just gonna like twerk into this blade in my ass anyway so let's let's make it a spectacle for like for your jigsaw patreon (laughs) i guess
1: And this is Nick, is his name proper? Because I mean, Jigsaw, we have to put pieces together. Is it a lot about putting pieces together? Or has it just really become more like, should be called Board Game at this point? It's almost like he comes up with a new party trick game. You know, there's not a whole lot of putting pieces together, which would title his name. Or at least his face should be cut up, like the villain and Punisher called Jigsaw. Or at least you go, oh, you're missing some pieces. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking too much into it,
0: but Yeah, this is an entirely different podcast. And for all the horror listeners now, they're just like, you fucking
1: idiots. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm gonna. I'll, you'll get hate mail, I'll get hate mail. Yeah. yeah, but you know what? That's the fun of it, isn't it?
0: <laughs> the, right? Like, the key like, to hate mail... If you're
1: not pissing somebody off, then you're not doing the right job. You're
0: just not. <laughs> <laughs> the key to hate mail is just you just don't read it, and it never happened.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Forward it on to your mom and give her no explanation.
0: It's like, oh, Ma, it's just, I got this. I don't know. Hey, it's a cruel world. <laughs> what can I say, mom? I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry about all this. <laughs> Um but speaking of things that we're sorry about the retirement plan this <laughs> week um so it's cage's fourth um output of twenty twenty three a very busy uh, obviously some he's got two to go right uh you know at the time of recording we've still got um butcher's crossing, crossing and dream scenario
1: dream scenario so yeah. we
0: are we are bookending the year on potentially some some highs here we've start we've uh the old way gone to Renfield sympathy for the Renfield. devil uh now the retirement plan which was uh pictures of like cage in the full costume for this came out about a year ago yeah. and I was kind of like this man loves dressing up like old people yes he yes. loves it
1: he is old people though
0: he's <laughs> pushing
1: 60 since so he's he's there
0: i mean he he's respectfully old people yeah. now but yeah this is not the first time he's been in like a long white wig um he's had it before like an army of one. He dressed up mm-hmm. as someone in the um unbearable <laughs> weight. There's definitely another movie where he, he dressed up as someone, which is escaping mm-hmm. me at the moment. Um but he loves He dressed up as uh, the Italian guy,
1: some Paolo or something like that. Remember, because he threw on that little accent. That was how he was gonna try to get He's like, hey, put the nose on. I forget what-
0: <laughs> he had the tracksuit on. He um yeah? he he had the wig on, he had like the fake nose. Um I made like a list on letterboxed about this. I'm trying to think what I called it, but um, they said the point being he. I think you give him a script as like, oh, we need you to just look like an absolute beach bum, which he is in this movie. He's like, like yeah, okay, I'm in. Uh, say less about the script. I will. Th- <laughs> I will do it. Um, and This is one. Like I said, the images. I think some people like were on the Cayman Islands, got pictures with him, um, and then like a poster unofficially linked like months and months and months ago uh there was no confirmation if it was real and then there was nothing about this movie for um for like close to a year for probably pushing butcher's crossing levels now because you know <laughs> yeah. butcher's crossing sort of debuted at toronto international film festival 2022 is only now in october sort of being released a year later very similar for the retirement plan Uh, For the longest time, I was not convinced that the retirement plan was real. Um, I thought it was going to be like one of those films that it gets made, politics happens, it never gets released. I thought that's the way that we were going. Uh, All of a sudden, we get a trailer for this, and I'm just kind of like, okay, right, I accept it. Like, I'm contractually obliged to (laughs) to accept this film in my life all the same. Um, But after... um, and obviously we'll get more into the film as we sort of go along, but after watching the trailer and now sort of watching the entirety of the movie as well, I think one of the first thoughts that came into my mind was like, I think this is the movie that people thought pig was going to be before it came out. Fair. This was like, yes. Pig. that's the other f- film I'm thinking of where he's just an yeah. old man in a wig.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, obviously everyone thought pig was going to be this John wick kind of affair hog wick. It wasn't, it was a very introspective and sort of emotional and beautiful affair. Uh, and then if it was like, I don't get it, why has he not killed anyone? <laughs> then the retirement plan comes out, and I was like, no, this is the Hogwick film that everyone thought it was going to be. Um, so when saw sort of the retirement, did you see like the retirement plan trailers? Um, did you have any kind of ideas of what you thought this might be?
1: And I was like, oh, you know what? It's one of those things where you just don't know what you're gonna get when you go to a Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> so you just kind of yeah. go. I mean, like I said, he's wearing the Hawaiian shirts. He's a <laughs> we should also note there's no there's no plan, and we don't know if there's really a retirement. <laughs> he's he's been retired, but there's no plan. I love that that's the name of the movie. It throws you <laughs> off, right? Because if you were to see Nicolas Cage in his outfit on the beach and it says retirement plan, you're thinking oh, this is going to be like a grumpy old man type of movie. It's like going yeah. to be some kind of like old guys doing some maybe Ocean's Eleven <laughs> kind of thing. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, in no way do you really first go, oh, he's a retired assassin. So you go, oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, so I saw the trailer. And I was like, you know what? I mean, this is the year of Cage, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. six movies? I don't know if he's, you know, I every movie I've heard him being talked for, it feels like he's come out in it. I, mean, I feel like we just heard about Dream Scenario – this spring and it's coming out already. So I was kind of like, oh, well, then I guess, you know, we could go on a two-year hiatus with Nicolas Cage after this, you know, because th- th- this is what we got. So you might as well buckle up and dive in because you just never know. You know, it was some of the Ghostlands that was the a couple years ago. Line, yeah, yeah. And you're like, he's like, this is the most bizarre movie we've ever been in. And you're like, all right, and you watch and you go, no, you're right. That was the most bizarre movie. I don't know why you're right. <laughs> you know, so. This is better than that, folks. Just, you know, this is definitely better than the Ghostland movie. But uh, yeah, but, you know, there's some good actors in this. Ron Perlman. Haley's in it. Jack, Jackie Earl Haley of uh, Watchmen fame. I mean, there's some really I mean, Ernie Hudson. I forget he was in. It. He's in the poster. And all of a sudden he shows up like in the last 15 minutes of the movie like, oh, that's right ernie hudson's in, this movie, you know? <laughs> in between in between recording the new ghostbusters afterlife he must have had time to come uh do this shot
0: yeah so like we're gonna fly you out to the cayman islands a few weeks shoot. Yeah. don't worry about it yeah um i was just having a quick check on uh cage's filmography as well i was saying like 2023 um again obviously there's been sort of delays for various mm-hmm. reasons but um, 2018, he had, uh, six movies out. 2019, he had one, two, three, four, five, six movies out as well. So it feels like, um, towards the end of the 2010s, he was just like, I'm going to do as many things as possible.
1: <laughs> well, he also had a tax bill. He had a, yeah, he had a very high tax bill that he must pay off Or the IRS was taking all his shit and he'd go to prison. So he's like, <laughs> oh. I guess we're doing Ghostlands. lands. <laughs> so, hey, I guess
0: we're doing uh I guess we're doing uh jujitsu now, so that's Yes we That's are. cool. We're
1: doing jujitsu. <laughs> Do you know jujitsu? I'm Nicolas Cage. I know everything.
0: <laughs> I, I said it before on my episode about jujitsu. My favorite thing about that movie is that I won a Blu-ray copy of it on a Twitter competition. So that's one of his few movies where I broke even. <laughs> and, and It was at no loss to me to cover fight, uh, to cover, um, cover Jiu-Jitsu. So it's, uh, it's a thumbs up in my books.
1: <laughs> you know, every now you get a Jujitsu, jitsu but every now and again you also get a Wally's World. Or, I'm sorry, a Willy's Wonderland. A Willy's Wonderland, which, look at all you people who are horror fans thinking that Five Nights at Friday's going to be all that. Willie's Wonderland was there first and it's better to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> your 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 lead actor's not making love to a pinball machine and not talking. I'm just saying, good luck. Good luck at beating Willie's Wonderland.
0: Yeah, it's like look yeah, you've got Matthew Lillard, of course, but like you ain't got Nicolas Cage chugging energy nope. drinks, raw dogging no. a pinball machine. Um, and
1: absolutely laying waste a
0: fucking animatronic possessed fucking what is what when is wonderland is fucking fantastic and i won't hear phenomenal any, i won't hear any different i'm, I'm sick no. of the wonderland slander
1: phenomenal. i'm phenomenal i think
0: of uh, i'm sick of the wonder slanders out there yeah yeah get them out mm-hmm.
1: yeah no it's, it's a brilliant film it's phenomenal it is phenomenal he got paid who knows how much just not to say a word
0: yeah. hey listen it,
1: let's see leonardo it, dicaprio and brad pitt do a movie where they don't talk <laughs> good luck <laughs>
0: you know leo dicaprio can do like a titanic but he could he, he would not last five minutes in cage's world
1: <laughs> no, all right none, none of us would to be honest
0: <laughs> <laughs> i think i'd get to the three minute mark and then i'd start bleeding out my eyes yeah. um which i would like to think as it all goes dark my vision starts blowing that cage would say like you did well kid and then he just like closes my eyelids for me <laughs> um which would uh, which would be delightful um but in terms of the retirement plan at the time of recording uh, this has been out in uh America for about 2 weeks so like a limited release in the old US of mm-hmm. a uh, straights to uh, digital and video on demand over in the UK um the People in charge over here said, no, this will not see the light of day in cinemas. <laughs> um, are you kidding? Are you insane? Uh, not when we have, uh, you know, the, the 50 millionth rerunning of Oppenheimer to get through. There is absolutely no room for a, yes <laughs> for the retirement <laughs> plan. Yes. If you haven't seen Oppenheimer in the first three months,
1: it was out. we're going to give you another 3 <laughs> you another three because they're like, we got to catch Barbie. We're gonna catch Barbie. Whatever we have to do. I think feels like a James Cameron thing. Is like, well, Avengers passed me. Well, how about the re-release of Avatar here in China to get the record back?
0: God, I've said it before, but with the great yeah. respect to people who enjoy it, like fuck Avatar it's a piece of shit it's a fucking piece of shit i, I don't
1: care Even unrespectfully it's a fucking piece of shit. you're easily amused by a
0: screensaver come to life good for you good for you listen us truthers are out there right <laughs> yeah
1: yeah if you want to see the real good version go just see fern gully the original animation that this is basically based on just, yeah James Cameron, I said on my other podcast, the cheeky bastard. James Cameron had an infatuation with watching blue cat people fuck. That was all that movie was about. He wanted the CGI yes. blue cat people fucking, and everything after that. He's like, "We did it. We've done it." This
0: is what I've been saying. We climbed
1: the mountain. I've been
0: preaching this point for ten fucking years that it's just blue cat people fucking and people say it's like no an awful movie no it's not it's, it's actually it's actually like a lot deeper than that like but nope. is it's it not or is it not blue cat people raw dogging by some tree and crying for like three hours tell me i'm we wrong. can go
1: deeper it's white people saving indigenous people as we always do that's what it's about it's the great white crusaders <laughs> who have destroyed the planet are now going to save the planet because i mean a wolf catches a wolf apparently Um, yeah makes no sense it's poor indigenous people who are doing perfectly fine before we showed up now they have no idea how to keep their species alive well luckily for us sam worthington who has no legs will now be able to walk and fuck (laughs) a blue cat woman and wow what an amazing story now i'll give cameron credit for his ability to do stuff with cgi and stuff yeah sure absolutely great fantastic but it's just all flash that's all it is it's Flash for flash sake. Anyways, we're here to talk about the retirement plan. <laughs> not blue cap people fucking.
0: No, we're not. Like, the, what all will round off an avatar saying? Like, the, the, in, the, in the new one, like, oh, the water effects look so good. And I'm like, yeah, sure. But have you ever, oh, I don't know, turned on a tap? Um, w- water. <laughs> no
1: one went to, no one walked in Apple and went, did you see the wind effects that they had in that film? Unbelievable. <laughs> I actually thought there was wind that's amazing <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> Nolan's a genius when you're talking about the effects of the film and not the actual stuff in the film right then and
0: there hey the way einstein's hat fell off oh god i was <laughs> oh, amazing i was white knuckling in my chair
1: <laughs> um did you see the way the cage wore these hawaiian shirts in this film who
0: cinematic genius oh i saw the way he nearly hit that child with a full glass bottle and i was like yes this is cinema baby mm-hmm. um so going into the retirement plan went into this one um (laughs) fairly blind i was mentioning to you sort of off record um i was uh so graciously given a screener um so i got to watch it like a a touch earlier and again i don't know if this was just a mistake that was sort of missed or it was like a screener issue because obviously it's not uh, on the big screen here So I can't really verify it And mm-hmm. if we're getting it for free I ain't paying for it Sorry not sorry <laughs> uh, But the way they do Sort of like the credits And this um, The cast name coming up And as you said It's kind of An almost unnecessarily Stacked cast Considering what this movie is And the names come up You know You've got your Nicolas Cages You've got your Ron Perlman's, uh, Your Ashley Greens And then it had um, uh, Jackie Earl Haley come up but they spelled his middle name wrong and spelled it E A A R L. Um, so I was kind of like,
1: maybe it was Jackie's way of distancing himself in case the movie didn't work well.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't me. It was Jackie Oh, Haley. Oh, you're thinking of my brother Jackie? Oh, Arr, Haley, I mean, yeah. yeah, the other guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah like I wouldn't associate myself with this, actually, um, if you don't mind. Um, so I was like, okay, well they've they've. Incorrectly spelt the name of one of their lead actors in this movie. So, um, someone's <laughs> getting fired for that one. Um, and then, like, it, it, it the film sort of kicks off, and it's um, uh, Ashley, played by Ashley Green, who yeah. is waiting all nervously in a car, and then suddenly two guys sort of run down the stairs for reasons we don't really know, and then get in the car, and then someone dies. And then the whole... or dog style.
1: <laughs> <laughs> bleeding out the back of a car.
0: Hey, the, you know, um, <laughs> icon, uh, the iconic way to die in the back of a car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we sort of learn over the course of the 90, 100 minutes of this movie, the, the whole driving force is that there is a um, criminal organization that is looking for this hard drive which is a thumb drive, actually. <laughs> <laughs> which is, it's it's not a disc. Actually, it's a thumb drive. <laughs> which is not a disc, um, as uh, the one named Goon called General mentions, um, and is corrected by Bobo. Uh, there's a thumb drive, a USB, whatever you want to call it. It plugs into <laughs> a USB, um, and this is basically just the MacGuffin of the entire movie, um, I suppose almost pulp fictiony opening the orange shiny light suitcase kind of
1: thing at least there you kind of go what is this and (laughs) i'm starting to see these in some of these bad movies that are out there where they just like they make up technology and make it seem better like some of these criminal organizations i'm wondering how or they're ever on their feet if they're putting everything that is completely necessary for them on a thumb drive that is easily accessible. To take it. They always seem to give it to the biggest fuck up in ever. Like, why doesn't which well, you said boss spelling the wrong name wrong? There's a very f- beautiful woman in this movie, uh, Grace. Uh, and she <laughs> and for reasons, Grace Byers, and for reasons we don't know, she is the criminal mastermind named Hector. <laughs> which I thought we're gonna learn about this. Like they're gonna tell us why she decided to take the name Hector, maybe you know, maybe because she was gonna say something like the only way people will take me seriously in this business is if they think I'm a man or whatever. Mm. Completely, re- you know, acceptable. No reason. Her name is just Hector. And oh, we God. don't know why. She doesn't even mention it. And we just sit there. But uh, yes, yeah, she seems to give it to J- Jackie Earl Haley, not to be confused with the guy who played in Important uh, distinction. Watch him. Yep. And um, he again, like you said, when they come running out, we have no idea how this went wrong. Because when we do get to see the little office where we might have stolen it from, it makes no sense how he was able to get out and why they were shot at. And no one like A lot of the things that happened at the beginning of the movie make very little sense. To include when the movie does end and the, uh, <laughs> the woman who's waiting for him, do we know if he survives? Does the black gentleman who's her husband, who steals the thumb drive, who's then held behind... What happens to him? Does anyone know? Is it's, it's, We should <laughs> never find out. It's almost like Zed. We think Zed's dead in Pulp Fiction. We're pretty sure. We really don't know what happened to this guy. I know. There's a connection for K. That's actually the gimp. We just don't realize it. He is sold <laughs> off to Zed as the gimp. This is, all. <laughs> this is all a prequel. That's the real retirement plan. You <laughs> fucked up. You become the gimp in a basement. <laughs>
0: this... The retirement plan makes perfect sense when you realize that it's just its just a prequel to various Tarantino movies. <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. Any movie. Put it in any movie you want. Just start inquiring. This is what really happens. It's yeah. just... I thought when I left the theater, I was like, did he live? Did he die?
0: <laughs> so, I mean i'm gonna jump ahead a little bit here because obviously um please
1: do we're we've already jumped we've already talked about cat people fucking and all kinds of things so we're i've definitely i apologize i have definitely tarantinoed this entire fucking podcast we are we're in pulp fiction world now you're gonna have to try to figure out where we are in the story
0: uh i'll allow it i'll let it happen um anything to shit on cat people i'll, I'll let it happen just bring it up when i'm in the middle of like a rant i don't care just just do it um so the the whole thing the, the after this thumb drive the only sort of passing reference we get to it is when uh nick cage's character matt is with um uh ernie jones's character joseph on the boat and they are kind of like all hunched over and looking at it and he makes one uh joseph makes one passing comment it's like this is some james bond shit and then <laughs> there's another character called Christopher, who's kind of the higher up at this secret service organization, which might have been...
1: Oh, you probably don't know. Played for the Los Angeles Lakers in basketball. He was a professional basketball player in the late 90s, 2000s. He was a part of the Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal Laker teams. So, it was played by Rick Fox. Oh, so this guy is... for for any American listeners will know that Rick Fox, of NBA fame, plays a Miami Senator... Congressman wants to be governor. I don't remember. It, he can't be governor because if he wants to be governor, he didn't say anything about gay people in Disney. So I don't buy this movie at all. Now it's lost. off not
0: say anything about building a wall.
1: Everybody knows if you want to run for governor of Florida, you got to hate gay people in Disney. I just that comes with the territory.
0: Yeah, apparently. <laughs> yeah. A, my only my only insight into American politics is just Donald Trump going <laughs> like that. Becky Bass is sucking too much dick. So too much dick, a great <laughs> amount of penis. Um, <laughs> so there's this fucking movie there's too <laughs> many characters i think i'm going to put that out there characters just keep getting introduced um so there's nicolas cage's character matt he has his daughter ashley his granddaughter Who sarah he has a scene
1: in Twenty eighteen, eighteen 18, years, I think he says. Yeah, close to 20. 18, something like that, yeah. He makes
0: yeah. a mention that he, basically after he turned 30, he stopped keeping track yeah. of time. So he, even he doesn't know how old he is. He goes by two <laughs> names. One is Matt, one is Jim. That's, which, is,
1: which is one of the one things, of all the things we don't understand about the movie. It's the one thing I appreciated the most. It's like, we never talk about why he has two names. We have an idea that it's supposed to be some kind of like top secret CA thing, but he just doesn't, doesn't get mentioned, doesn't get brought up. And I kind of appreciate that. Of all the other things that happened, <laughs> I did appreciate that. Not knowing. I'm like, yeah, that's fun. That's a fun little moment. A- I almost feel like that's something like Nick Cage brought to the, the film. He's like, I'll do the movie, but I need to have two names. <laughs> i kind of like, why? He goes, just for the character. I just, I need it. I need that two guys. It's like, it's like he slips into one name to be Grandpa Sandals there, and then when it's time to kick ass, he's like, no, no, I'm this guy. It's like he's John Wick persona.
0: Yeah, it's he's John Wick who's dressed up for like the French Riviera, Um, just like hot 30-degree France summer <laughs> later in the film for no real reason. Just why not? Because he's in full Wick mode now. There's like, oh, we can't put him in a black suit because that's just going to be way too fucking obvious. Um, and everyone's going to think like, oh, like Cage Wick. Yeah. Um, but we know he's. Um, that's the thing I enjoyed as well about the Matt Jim thing. Obviously, every time there's a new, I'm going to use it like air quotes here, listener. But important <laughs> character, I'm air quoting. <laughs> um, the screen sort of has this kind of like transition, which like goes to like a color, and it says the name of the character, and then it just inter- a bit of a Guy Ritchie transition. Is it? Yeah, it's a little feel- guy.
1: early 2000s movies and like when you're like brick top and you free you know the little little guy (laughs) richie freeze it's a little richie yeah
0: Yeah. um you get the kind of guy richie transition sort of perfect description and it says matt or jim before it's (laughs) before it's explained that he goes by two names and again i was thinking like is is this a screener issue and they've just not decided his character's name yet like what the what's going on and then she's like um he's granddaughter goes to see him basically because the daughter Ashley um her her and her partner are in with the wrong crowd we sort of find out there's a whole thing about this thumb drive they can potentially use it as leverage um Jimmy may or may not have died we never find out but Ashley's protection sends the granddaughter Sarah to the Cayman Islands to be with the grandfather even though she's told the daughter for all of her life that he's dead and she's just okay with it. Just gives him, uh, her an address.
1: With the name that says Jim or Matt
0: <laughs> on it. has the full two full names. Jim
1: something and Matt something are on the contract.
0: Even the daughter doesn't know a name is going by. Yeah. Um, mm. So he wakes up, nearly hits her in the face with a glass bottle. And then because it's very confusing and you, like, the whole point is like, what's on this thumb drive? What's on this thumb drive? What's the whole, what information does this criminal enterprise have? Uh um, None. You never find out, nope. you just get a passing comment at the end where Matt says to Christopher, who is running for governor of Florida, and he's going to use this information to prop him up, and he's like, um, people like you are the reason I despise like politics or something like that. Uh, no, he says, the, uh, Those are the kind of answers that make me despise authority because he doesn't tell him anything about it. Mm-hmm. We get no answers about the drive, but then Christopher in this... Um, basketball and Chris gives just this long exposition saying, well, this guy was actually playing this guy, but she was working for me, but actually he was working for her, was also working for this person. And he just kind of explains the whole movie at the end. And then Matt's just like, and bearing in mind, they're at the estate of Hector who, and everyone's just shot everyone else. Everyone's just betrayed everyone else. Very suddenly there's dead bodies everywhere. The police are closing in. You hear the sirens and Chris is like, um, oh, yeah, there's a boat. You should probably just take off. Cayman Islands is 300 miles that yeah. way. Yeah. And he just gets in the boat and leaves whilst his daughter and granddaughter have to explain to the police what the fuck just happened. And the credits roll. And he just like, I want answers. <laughs> Please. <laughs> the, the best way to
1: describe this film, it is an amazingly and awful film. It's an amazing <laughs> and awful film with two fronts. You go to see this movie because... I almost believe that the people who wrote this were like, can we get at least three really good actors in this? That'll just, no matter what we have to do, they're going to elevate the piece. And like, we can. And like, fantastic. Because Nick Cage took this movie, because he's really, really good friends with Ron Perlman, uh, from, I forget the name of the movie they did uh, back in the 2010s, but they became good friends. And he really wanted to, took the film just to hang out with them. So, which is, all right, so boom. And then Haley does the a main job. So our three main guys, Ron, Jackie, and Nicholas, Whenever they're on screen, they deliver. They make you forget all the bullshit that you're watching. Yeah. They they make you forget that none of the plot makes any fucking sense.
0: Yeah.
1: None of it. They take the, the, when you said they took the daughter, they take the daughter to a, looks like a private airport to take a commercial plane. (laughs) It makes no (laughs) sense at all. Why they would send her ahead of time, why she wouldn't get on the plane with her. It made no sense. All this bullshit's going on. None of it makes sense. And some of it, I feel like they just put together and are like, oh, it doesn't matter. Because when you're watching it and you're trying to think about it, you go, what the fuck's happening? All of a sudden, Nick will come on screen and he'll punch someone in the throat and that guy starts to choke and he makes fun of him choking. And you're fucking, and you're like, I don't care. I don't care why the girl got on the plane. You're like, this is why I came to the movie. And then Ron Perlman shows up and he's fucking amazing. You're like, he should have been on The Sopranos. He's so good. You're like, he's amazing. Yeah. And then Jackie Earl Haley, <laughs> As Donnie, he's losing his shit. He is doing more Nick Cage freakouts than Nick Cage is. And you're just like, this is amazing. Everything else makes no none of it makes sense. In fact, you forgot it off a sunny point. An actor named John Ambrose, who is the guy who gets punched in the throat. He's bald and he's got like a beard like me. He gets punched in the throat dies but he's choking to death which is hilarious and nicholas cage makes fun of him i think you can see it in the trailer in some trailers of him doing the <laughs> <laughs> yeah but he pops up at the end of the movie and is the one who shoots nick cage and he's got a wig on and it's so noticeable it's the same guy just now with this really bad wig on and i was like they killed him. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> that's the same guy. He just put a wig on. Like I'm not going
0: to tell. <laughs> like you, that's
1: you. Was that the guy? So, was that the
0: guy with the shotgun in the estate at the end? Is that the guy who shoots him?
1: No, it's oh, the it's guy who shoots him with like the gun, like the handgun, like a really big guy. And, like
0: oh, he, was the red Hawaiian shirt is fighting him. Yes, oh, yes, and he's got like the yes. ponytail.
1: If you go, yeah, if you rewatch it again, just that part, you go. Yep, that's him. You know, the guy who <laughs> hit in the
0: throat. And then he—it's he, uh, he his twin. I mean, I'm not ponytail. I, I mean, I'm not going to watch this again. Uh, um, but but you know what? That guy though, because they're having that shootout fight like on the boat yeah. and stuff. Um, I was like watching that because that's kind of the, the only guy that Matt's seen sort of struggling against because yeah. he's like big guy. He's taking like hooks and, and jabs to the yeah. face, and I was looking at that guy and I was like. Something about you that I can't quite put my finger on. Like I'm almost certain that's a wig. Which fine. (laughs) No, that's probably (laughs) almost certain that's a wig. Um, but my um I made a note about that guy. Uh, because I was like, Matt is fighting a bad Danny Trejo cars player. Because I was like, you look you just don't you look strange. Mm -hmm. You look just weird. Is this is this one of the guys
1: who's got the eye? (laughs) I don't want to say anything worse than that.
0: <laughs> I think one of my issues of like and, and I'm sure the people hired um like the main goons I'll call them. Mm-hmm. rule probably like stuntmen or something like that. Um uh, you know, kind of part and pass with something mm-hmm. like this. Goons are usually played by acting stuntmen, like absolutely fine, stuntmen and stunt women, absolutely fine. Um but like one of my issues towards the end with when it's the whole infiltration of the estate Uh, Two issues. Like One just popped into my head. The first, so I don't lose track, is the non-goons, the estate guards. My issue is that none of them look kind of like the guards you think a person like Hector would be hiring. My notes were, these all look like local actors. (laughs) <laughs> I look, look. If, you, if you're an actor that works there, good yeah. for you. Get that bag, make that money. Cool. Get get your name on those acting credits and say, yeah, I work with Nicholas Cage. He pulled me into a bush. Yeah. Um. I was like, okay, you all look like you've never held a gun before. Um. Anytime anyone with the guards supposed to look startled, it was just that kind of like, oh, uh, just dumb. <laughs> you just yep. you just look like this is your first day out of like security yep. school. Like I look i i look like Stephen merchants had a divorce like i look like i could do a better job protecting hector than you and that is and i could not do a better job at protecting hector than you um the second was um you know there's a little bit of action in this i thought either it's going to go full wick or it's gonna as you said he like right chops that guy in the throat and the guy's like grabbing at his throat like choking gasping for air. and nicolas cage just mocks him as he falls and uh <laughs> hilarious
1: that's one of the best moments of the film
0: <laughs> that is like one of the best moments of the film and i think with some of the action it should have either gone like complete wick or it should have just been like a complete comedy thing it doesn't really know what it's trying to do that, yeah, I was going to say the same. It should have been
1: more action comedy We're almost like they try to convolute this plot of like it just, there's no, the plot goes is, you're like, what, what is really happening right mm. now? I don't understand. Like when Ernie Hudson pops up, you're like, why are we just now seeing Ernie Hudson? And why are we suddenly bringing him in? Like, what, for like, him? We're not. He ends he's getting shot. It's like, I feel better. Like this fucking guy's just a fisherman. He wants to be left alone. We're an, an hour and, into this uh, movie now. They bring Hudson's him in here. and it should have just been more of those where Nicolas Cage is retired and maybe he's an assassin and he's like accidentally, not intentionally trying to you know, like kill people. Like he just keeps like finding his way into these situations as opposed to sent there and then the situation comes in. Like it it would have worked way better as a comedy as if like he kind of was helping these people out inadvertently as opposed to, because I think it was what they were trying to do. But it doesn't work because they're trying to tie in all these bizarre... I mean, everyone, there are more twists. <laughs> there are more twists than an ice cream stand in this fucking film. <laughs> there is more backstabbing and intrigue and shit going on. than even a James Bond film, Bond or Mission Apollo. no one has this many twists and turns. And you're like, what, this person's screwing over this person, but this per-. and you're kind of like, why? That's where the, I think probably why you don't like the film as much. And while I said it was an amazing and awful film at the same time. Yeah. Performances are fun to watch, especially those three main guys. And even heck, I mean, she's she's gorgeous. And not knowing what her name is, actor, is just befuddling. And to watch a guy die and then suddenly go back as a guy with a wig, there are moments you go, This was a fun watch. And then there's sometimes, if you think about the plot, you're like, What the fuck? Like, you get so mad. <laughs> like, you're like, what is that? Like, what? How are these things happening? You know? So <laughs> just, yeah, it's one of those head scratchers of a film where you just, if you sit there and think about the plot, you will bleed from the eyes. Like You just start to bleed from the eyes. You're like, wait a minute. None of these dots are lining up. And with, like you said, all the exposition, like when they put the daughter on the plane, for us to understand that she's going to be able to get to her grandfather, they have to have like a stewardess come in to have some lines and ask, like almost ask her the questions as the audience.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Are you alone? Yes, I am. Do you know where you're going? <laughs> yes, I do. Who's meeting? <laughs> it's almost like we're sitting there in the audience going, how is she going to get to these points? So they said, you know, we're going to write a scene for this. Uh, the stewardess, she's going to come up and she's going to ask the questions that us, the audience, want to know. And it really feels like most of it was like all of a sudden they'd be shooting it and they'd probably do dailies and they go, I don't think we've answered any of this. He goes, no worries. We're going to write some exposition lines. And they write some lines and Rick Fox comes in and he goes, well, here's what happened. And we still go, but did that happen? <laughs> I don't. What leverage are you using? I don't understand why there's leverage. Why did they have a the thumb drive in the first place? Isn't it still on someone else's computer at the same time? Like, did they not download it as a backup? Like, it was all confounding. It was confounding why Hector would entrust Earl Haley's b- character with it, and it would be weird that the Jimmy, the driver, would know about it and have any idea what the fuck's going on. We have no idea. It almost tried to pull a reservoir dogs. And it was like, there's going to be a heist, but we're not going to show it. Well, we needed to see this one. We have no idea why these two guys and why one guy got shot, why he was even helping him out. The, the, the beginning of you, are like, huh? We don't know why that woman's even with him. How's that helping them get out? They look like they're doing pretty good for their house. Like none of the <laughs> things that were told are happening. We go, okay, I get it. The only thing we do believe is that quite possibly – Nicolas Cage is an alcoholic who is throwing away all his money on the shores because his home is a shithole. And he lives in a shithole on the beach. And you're kind of like, yeah, this all makes sense. Like, he's the only character. You go, no, that that guy seems to be in the right place. Everyone else you're <laughs> like, I don't believe any of this. It's like, no, I ain't Nick Cage's character. He's, he's fucked up.
0: Yeah, I've kind of used the description before and um, heard it used. Like, there are times when Nicolas Cage is acting in a different movie to everyone else. And yes. I think this is one of those times. But I think yes. exactly as you described there, um, his character is the only one that makes sense in <laughs> yes. all of this. Uh, I think it, it's kind of because, because they, they either explain too much to the fact that you start thinking about what they've explained and thought, well, that makes no sense. Or they give you, like, bit pieces. I think they said that, like, um, uh, Jimmy, who is, like, the um, the husband and Ashley, father of uh, yeah. Sarah... He was a driver in this organization, and I think at some point they said he overheard Donnie talking to someone about this drive, and Donnie was going to use it to get leverage on um, Hector. Um, and so for some reason he decided to steal the phone drive or came into possession of it. We don't know how. We don't know why. And then he gets captured, as we keep joking about, we to this... The film completely forgets about him. We don't know if Jimmy is alive, Mm -hmm. Um, and then it's this convoluted thing of everyone betraying everyone. So, Nick Cage uh, as Matt, he's I don't know CIA or something. He the only thing he really describes is that he worked as an arbitrator. His exact words: he used to Mm -hmm. basically settle negotiations for people. (laughs)
1: Yes, basically, if the American government wasn't being given what they wanted, he go going to kill the people who weren't giving the American government what they wanted. That's the long and short of the birthday. It's basically what
0: he did. His character, is, Matt is basically like a main character in a Call of Duty campaign game. Yes, yes. And he's probably yes. the best way to describe him. Yeah. They don't really go too much into, like, who he is, where he came Call from. Call of Duty,
1: the retirement plan. There it is. A retired <laughs> guy is brought back to the team. <laughs> yeah. Black
0: Ops 13 coming yeah. out in about 50 years from now. Yeah. Um, and then they there's someone he used to work for called uh, Dresdale, Drisdale, who's kind of hype in the organization. And she makes reference to the fact that... Um, he was given basically forced early retirement because he punched a two-star general. Again, we don't really know why. Uh-uh. It's, these are just like, here's a fact that you probably need to know. <laughs> it, it feels like just during film. They're like, okay, we haven't explained this. Let's complicate mm-hmm. it. And just throw mm-hmm. in some exposition, 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 exposition. Um, and then he gets wound up into all of this because his daughter's part of it. Obviously, she is sort of rightfully angry at him because we found out that you know through his job, he was never at home. He left his dying wife and just said, like, I would like to go fishing in the Cayman Islands now. <laughs> yep. Sarah just straight up forgives him for this because mm-hmm. the innocence of children, I guess. Yep. Um, but then Drisdale has a guy called Fitzsimmons working for her. Fitzsimmons is also actually working for Hector. Drisdale knows that Fitzsimmons is a double agent. Um, so there she's doubling for some reason as the head of this FBI
1: investigation for the to be governor of florida which makes no fucking sense at all Shh. that's not how the politics work in america uh <laughs> every, yeah every i just not answered anyone in florida um but yeah mm-hmm. i mean you've pretty <laughs> bobo <laughs> ron perlman is again he's the other guy who knows what's going on in the film he is just like this slow moving guy who works for earl haley and he's just kind of like yeah whatever I, you know justice I, for bobo
0: he yeah, deserves exactly <laughs> he deserves so much better I think I made, like, a note of stuff, like, at the end, because, like, the, it, it's very complicated to try and yes. think about, but everyone's working for everyone. Everyone is aware that everyone's working for everyone else. Everyone betrays everyone. At the end, Donnie shoots Hector, and then someone off screen, either Drizdale or Fitzsimmons, shoots Donnie, and then Drisdell shoots Fitzsimmons, and then Christopher appears and looks at the camera, winks and says, it's explanation time, baby. <laughs> um, but, like, I, I think, like, speaking of Bobo, speaking of... um ron perlman and exactly as you said anytime him or cage or hayley were on the screen i was like oh like fantastic like he'd like uh-huh. our actors and no dis- disrespect to anyone else necessarily but like they're trying to make something out of this and commanding yeah. this and as it says on imdb whether this is true or not apparently this was just an excuse for ron perlman and nicolas cage to hang, hey, out, cage hang out after uh, season of the witch from about 10 yes, 12 years yeah. ago um so it's like you didn't have to make a movie to hang out, you know, you can just Skype. Skype is a tool that's available to you. (laughs) Um, But Bobo is kind of this, he's kind of like a right hand man. Maybe he's somewhere. He's the only character who almost has
1: an arc. Almost. And they, because they want to keep up with this convoluted bullshit storyline they're going with his character arc is when he's told to kill the little girl, and he doesn't, but he hems and haws and eventually gets himself killed by the girl's mother in the most ridiculous, <laughs> I'm not going to get into the fact that they put her in this cargo hold and she almost drowns, what... Plus, but the boat never sinks. So the bottom of the boat's got a hole in it, it's filling up with water, but the boat itself does not start to sink. Anyways, <laughs> we'll move on past logistics and physics. Don't worry about um, it, don't worry about it. Bobo should have shot Donnie earl earl haley's character that's Mm -hmm. what should have happened that's the turn that's where he redeems himself because he has really started to he actually is a better grandfather in the time at this moment than nick cage's character is yeah because he got her taken (laughs) he's actually doing more for her than anyone else and he likes her and then they pull this bullshit with like well no but we have to have this happen and that's where i mean that's not the only flaw this film has. Let's not pretend that this is where it all hinged on. <laughs> but if, um, if Bobo should have killed Earl Haley, that's what should have happened. And who cares how they get to the other, whatever. Then Hector should have come down, but they wrote themselves into a corner where they had an actual chance to have something the audience wanted. I'm sitting there going, oh yeah, Bobo's going to kill Earl Haley. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, he's not. And then you're like, why? Why would he, what the fuck does he care? Like, why would he give two shits about this guy? This guy treats him like shit all the time. He's really bonded with this little girl. He could have done a lot of things to this little girl. She saved him, helped him out, held his hand when they could have got her, all this other stuff. And now at the last second, he's going to change his mind? Mm. That was when I was like, oh. Because if he does what we think, is, you kind of go, you know what? There's some redeeming qualities to some of this part of this film. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, yeah, 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 but because as fun as Nicolas Cage is in this movie, Really, probably the, the the real shining spot is Ron Perlman as Bobo Agreed. in the film. He's the real, like you really start to get really interested in him because for every reason, like they wrote the movie, we thought that grandpa was going to be taken care of, but she gets taken from again. And we don't even give a two shit about him and his daughter getting back together. Like we could care less. So they take the grandfather story and give it to the different character. It should have been – she should have been reuniting and getting to know her grandfather, but instead we give it to Ron Perlman, and then so since we did that, he's supposed to redeem himself, and they don't give him a chance to do it. Which is probably why they said, "Nick, get on the boat, go. Fuck this family. You didn't really reconnect <laughs> with them, anyways. Shit so the fuck out of here." <laughs> that was yeah. the retirement plan. <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm taking this boat. I'm out of here.
0: Yeah, he, his the real retirement plan was abandoning his family for a second time. <laughs> unfortunately, yes, yes. But exactly yeah. as you said, though, like the film builds up Bobo for the fact that he's going to have this redemption arc more so mm-hmm. than than Matt went with his own daughter. And obviously he spends like more time with like Sarah than anyone else in the movie. Uh-huh. They sort of have this bonding about, um, a fellow, the Shakespeare play. And yes. it's like, yeah, like it's like, like I didn't go to school, but I was taken in by somebody. My story is the same as Oliver Twist. Um, and I think <laughs> they're going to have this like kind of, Oh yeah. Redemptive arc. And he's going to see the light of his ways again through the innocence of like children and all that. And that's what I was geared up for. And, like, the scenes that they had together, Bobo and Sarah, is like, Great. those are, like, high points of, of like, the film. Mm-hmm. Like, they're really, really...
1: They really are. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. they yeah, strong. They really are good. They're
0: strong stuff, and I thought, oh, are they going to try and have some, like, uh, allusions to Othello throughout this as well? And then, as exactly as you said, he has that pin, is where um he's told by Donnie, like, like, you've got to go and kill the girl, and he hesitates, and he doesn't want to, but then he's just like, I don't know, I'm the bad guy, I guess, and then he gets fucking harpooned by the mother. And then he just looks at the girls like, yeah, you go and just flips over the boat. And then there's like five people just face down in the water. And they're like this, when he died, ch- I was just like, Ugh. when he
1: dies though, you're kind of like, how does, where does this bitch suddenly jump out of the, she's literally drowning. But as she's drowning, she thinks the one thing I need, if this hatch opens is I need this spear gun that one, I've never fired and have no idea how it was used. But two, when it opens, I'm going to jump up. And regardless of who's in front of me, I am pulling the trigger. She literally rambles herself out of this water, comes up, and just fires it and hits him. And you're like, what? What? How do you How do you even know this is happening? Like, what do you... How is this... And then Ron Perlman gets killed. And you're like, well, Diego is fucking Earl Haley here. That's yeah that's the guy who's betraying who's close to you like he's making you do these terrible like yeah i i wanted the director to be shot at that moment i was like no what <laughs> nope nope retake let's do it again let's see the director's go where he actually gets shot off screen <laughs> so I was like, no, because yeah. his death you're like it's a letdown when he gets killed it's deflating like, if nicholas cage had died i wouldn't have been let down because nicholas cage was more of the comedic funny element in this whole film him and earl haley have more of the comedic freak outs and do funny stuff. But our real heart of the story is the Sarah and the Bobo the uh, entire time they're on screen together. yeah. Like our heart of that movie is that, even though obviously Nick's supposed to be the star of this and that, but really Nick and uh, Haley, they're, they're on opposite sides, kind of uh, opposed against each other, I guess, loosely. But they're the ones who, like, you know, Nick has to dig back into his his... Bag of tricks and killing people, and then Earl Haley can't believe this shit's still happening, and he's surrounded by fucking morons, and he's losing his mind every time, and he just... So those guys are funny when they're on screen, we're laughing, but when you get to see Ron Perlman on with that little girl, you're kind of like, man, this is... That's why the movie didn't feel as shitty to me until the end. When it was like, man, you dropped a ball on this. Like this is this is writing one hundred and one. You have told us that our main characters are these two people. You are trying to. Get us to understand that you're shaping this after a Shakespearean thing. Now, if the end was he had to die, then it should have been he stepped in front of the little girl if Haley was going to try to kill her and he sacrifices his life for her. That works better. Yeah. Not suddenly he now turns into the villain that's going to hurt the little girl, which he never had any intention of doing. Was not in this character. And then he gets shot by super bitch who comes flying out, who's almost drowned in a boat that's not sinking. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
0: with with a
1: harpoon i was like what what the fuck is going on
0: so yeah i know it it
1: it has it has potential that's the sad thing i think what makes it so upsetting for me i won't say for you but it had potential to actually have to be worth like you know that was kind of a fun afternoon at at the movies it was it was a fun little ride. Yeah. I didn't go into this thinking it was Mandy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're an idiot if you walk in and going, this is Pig. This is like the sequel to Pig. Like, you're going to really love this. Yeah. But you have to know, when you see Nicolas Cage in a gray-haired wig or whatever he's got going on, he's got a full beard and he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt, you got to go, all right. I mean, come on. We, we already know what we're getting into. This is going to be a fun party favor of a movie. And it just, mm, so many missteps, so many options that it could have done. It could be more than some of its parts and it it just I don't know, it just dropped the ball, which is too bad.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of just like a perfect description of of the, the movie. Like it could have been really fun um mm-hmm. if they'd gone, you know, just if they'd just gone full wick with it. Like it's it's billed as like a like a crime thriller and it's really not no at all. Like they should have either gone full wick with it or mm-hmm. just wick parody or lent yeah. into the comedy of it, and they couldn't really commit to any of that um and then you know maybe this was done like a low budget as well there's just other moments that take you out of it um there's the bit with like uh matt and that goon are dangling having a rope fight over like the hotel balcony (laughs) and then the rope disattaches or whatever and then the guy just very safely and slowly just falls to the floor and then the camera shot shows like the goon with like a head bleeding um there's a very weird shot where Sarah and Ashley figure out a way to push a goon out of a window because you think they're going to escape. And there's a camera tracking shot that follows the guy down. And I was like, that's weird. That's really and out of tone. they
1: realize they can't leave that way. Anyway. And then they don't leave. And then the goon comes into the room. And where did they hide? Like he walks. The funny thing is, is, like you said, you could tell these are extras who've been hired for nothing and they got no direction. And they the guy walks in through the door. Doesn't scan the room, but is already knows that his neck, his mark is he's got to go out in the balcony. So he just walks through the room out to the balcony and stands there. And then they come and knock him over. And then he, as you said, they couldn't afford the airbag. So him just go over the top and just land in the airbag safe and then just film at the bottom. And then they just realize, oh, we can't leave the room anyway. So you're kind of like, well, then what's this whole ruse for? I don't yeah. <laughs> Like this is, like you said, it should have been more uh, funny. Uh but no, it was uh it just yeah, like like if it was just a comedy, if they said, Fuck it, we're gonna make this balls to the wall, ridiculous comedy, just gonna laugh about, but the heart of it's gonna be that story. We would have all been in on it. Cause it's been it's fun. Like when you know what you're getting into, mm-hmm. it's fun. Yeah. But it just yeah, like it's just bizarre. Like have these things that happen, you're like, wait a minute, what? Like like I said, the guy with the wig, like you're pretending you could have dressed up almost any other character in that film and we would not have known. Yeah. You picked the biggest fucking guy who looks like he should have been wrestling, and you put a <laughs> wig on him, and I'm supposed to pretend he's the different guy? Get the fuck out of here. You know? <laughs> it's like Andre Giant put a wig on. You're like, that's fucking Andre Giant. Yeah, that's <laughs> ridiculous.
0: That, that's that's yeah, that's uh the giant formerly known as Andre. Um I think one of the most egregious stunts though for me that was really like, like fucking come on. Um, where they, um, Matt starts the assault on the estate and he's suddenly got that bag full of like guns and grenades and stuff. And he loads the car full of grenades. He's like got a stick that like, uh, rams into the accelerator, drives uh-huh. into the gate and then like five grenades in this car explode at point blank range of these five guards who are shooting at uh-huh. it. And they don't uh-huh. all blow up. They just fall over backwards and are like, oh, oh. And then well, he some crab of them don't even fall over, and...
1: and then Matt somehow is behind them. He crab walks past and them, the... them out.
0: <laughs> which, which means you didn't need the car bit at all. <laughs> yeah, like you had to drop on them the entire time. But then but
1: then there's another funny scene where Haley gives all his guys guns, and one guy's only got a grenade. <laughs> and he's like, what am I supposed to do with this? And that was funny. I was like, all right, that's ah, – this movie didn't know what it wanted to be. That's the funny thing. It's this movie, yeah. you're like, okay. I love the tongue-in-cheek moment of like, all right, we're going to name this hot Hispanic woman Hector. And you think, oh, when you hear Hector, like, oh, it's a guy. And it's a girl. We don't talk about it. Okay. And the guy's got, t- so Matt is also Matt and Jim. Okay, fine. We'll go with that. Like, there's some funny things. Oh, this one guy's only got a grenade. Like, okay, that's, that's, that's funny, too. But then. But then it's like, but no, we're also a James Bond film. And you're like, but no, but no, you're not. no,
0: but no, but no, no. You, but
1: no you're not. You
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> well, at, at the end, well, that's the thing. Like, we were talking about like they they don't explain what's on the drive, which is like 50% of the plot. There's no resolution between Matt and Ashley. Uh, we don't know if Jimmy survived. Um, all this other stuff, like. And we don't care. That's the other sad thing. Yeah. Is we really don't give a shit. Like, it was when I sat down
1: with you, I was like, I, wait a minute! Did the husband survive? I was going like I completely forgot he was doing the fucking movie.
0: <laughs> we don't know if he survived. Ultimately, we just don't care if he survived as well. Um, you know, I'd, and again, like I, I don't always enjoy like shitting on movies because sometimes <laughs> it's just funny to do so because like so many sums of its parts just don't add up. Um, so this was written and directed by Tim Brown. Looking on the IMDb, has directed one or two things. Mostly been a producer. One of the most enjoyable things I found about his production history is that he produced uh, *Vampire Dog*, *Step Dogs*, *Bark Ranger*, *Pups United*, *Treasure Hounds*. So he's got a lot of experience in directing dogs that talk. And they
1: do not make And a single dog is in this film.
0: And not a single dog is in this <laughs> not movie. Not a dog. So, he had enough. <laughs> so if the retirement plan, we just replaced the entire cast with talking dogs, now we've got a movie, baby. Or if you just give Nicolas Cage's character, and he's got such
1: PTSD from his old thing as he talks to a dog, and the dog only talks to him. Comedy gold. The Oscar, the Golden Globe for an actor in a comedy or musical goes to nicholas cage nicholas cage oh, we're in
0: nicholas cage uh, yeah i mean <laughs> <I've> looked, like, <laughs> i know this is this is the thing like you know it's it's, it's easy for us to sit here from like our own, like chairs and stuff I'm like well i could
1: have done this and that but but uh, all it would take is someone to read you the script and go okay well this is why no one's asking him a question and then i'm sitting here thinking because for those people who don't know i also have two other podcasts they're side podcasts one called the cheeky bastards and one an offshoot of that called uh Dropping a Bruce, where we look at all of Bruce Willis's direct to DVD movies. And what we're sitting in there watching, we go, is How are they getting these made? They're not making money. They're terrible. No one seems to be reading a script, but they're getting it made. Like, how do they get these? All I can think of is they're washing drug money or sex trafficking money. It's the only thing I can think of.
0: Anyway, it makes they're, sense.
1: They're like a $12 million budget and they're making like a million back, Like, but they keep making them. How can you continue to have $11 million losses and no one seems to be, and everyone seems to be, we're fine with it. Don't worry about it. They got some kind of good write off. I don't know what it is. There's something going on where they're making some kind of money legally doing these. But I mean, all it would take is literally people like us to sit down with this person who wrote and go, let us see your script real quick, read it, and go, here's how this is going to be fucking amazing. (laughs) It's the right leg. It would be so simple. If we could save so many, like, no, 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 no. this is what we're going to do. I'm going to, we should put that out there. We're going to be consultants. Bring us on your set. We'll go, no, we'll script doctorate. No, this, this is going to be a lot funnier. Be like, wait a minute. You're killing Bobo with a bitch jumping out of the, no, no. Rewrite that. First off, the boat's not sinking. We don't care about that. <laughs> um, Haley's going to come on the boat. He's going to try to kill the girl. Bobo's going to step in front of him. He's going to take the bullet. Yada, yada, yada. We can still move on with the plot. Bobo gets his turn.
0: Yeah. I mean, we could have totally made this movie better. Yeah, like the first production point is, number one, Bobo doesn't die. It's like we are not killing the only character who actually gets a fucking arc in this movie. Unless he's doing it to get the arc. He's sacrificing himself selflessly
1: for this little girl. He's no longer the villain. He's now the hero. He made the turn. Yeah. You can't lead us down a path that he's gonna become a good guy. And then all sounds like, nope, still the wolf. <laughs> like what? he didn't show us that at all the entire time. Not once. Yeah. He doesn't like he's not like walking behind her and saying, like, this fucking bitch. I want to, you know, none of that. We we would have then believed that he wanted to kill her the entire time. He's like really falling for this little girl. Like he almost wants her to be his own granddaughter. Like there's a real moment where you think, Well, what if he kills Nicholas Cage and takes her as his own? Like you're almost like, I don't know that I'd be upset with that. I don't know that Nick would be upset with that. He's like, you know what? I really wasn't hoping to have my kids here. I left for 30 years. I mean, there was a reason I never looked out for him.
0: Yeah, like you could have Matt saying, look, I live a dangerous lifestyle. People now know who I am again. I've got to take off. And Bobo comes in and like, I will look after your family. Like everyone's happy. Everyone gets mm-hmm. an arc. We're all shaking hands. Um, <laughs> but what we got was Christopher saying like a – yeah shit's fucked you and then one of my favorite bits because matt was like okay like you just told me all this like what if i take this to the press and christopher just goes fake news and just yeah. walks off <laughs> I'm like what the fuck is this but
1: then you go but okay but then how is your stuff you're bringing to the press now fake news like it's just like i uh, yeah i don't know uh it's it's disappointing because I do. I would say to your viewers, your listeners, your viewers, yeah, because the TV, your listeners, <laughs> it's a, it's, it's worth at least one watch so you can also understand what we're saying and maybe we're missing something mm-hmm. because there are some good performances. Because it is, I mean, it, it's better than some of the other. I'm mean, there, some out there that you know, like I've always said, Nick is always the best part of them and worth it because of his performance. But there are some movies you're like, holy fuck it's like the uss indianapolis you're like sink me now you know you're kind of like what the fuck? <laughs> like, oh my
0: god like it's not quite you know? left behind you know <clears throat> no, it's, no, it's, it's not, not quite, quite USS left no. indianapolis yeah
1: um uh but uh, but you know it's one of the few movies that that would be considered like should have been a straight to video release like it is over there should have been that here
0: mm-hmm.
1: it should it almost feels like his irs day still but which is rare in the films that he's in of those, he had two, three, four other actors acting in the film. It's not a lack of acting that was the problem with this movie. Yeah, there's a few deadbeats who don't need to be in there. They're, you know, They were just brought along. But for the majority of the time, some of our the acting was actually pretty damn good. Like You were like, oh, these people are actually, they're really putting in a performance. They're not just taking a paycheck to be in a Nicolas Cage movie. Mm-hmm. You know, Because normally those movies, Nicolas Cage shines and everyone else is just like, oh, deadbeats. But we had some, I mean, Ron Perlman was the real star of this film. He really was great in this. So, you know, like these guys and Haley, they were all really entertained to watch on film, which is why it helps you get through the hour and 40 minutes of this film is. But again, it's just, it's that lack of, I don't know. Does Nick cage not have enough power to say, Hey, this isn't making fucking sense. Let's change. Like, I feel like Nick Cage is one of those guys who could tell a guy like this new director what to do, you know? Nick Cage doesn't walk up to Martin Scorsese and tell him what to do, right? He just doesn't. He just go, okay, this is Marty. He's a, he knows what he's doing. You don't go up to Spielberg and go, hey, <laughs> Stevie, I got, you know, <laughs> I got a few pointers. You know what I mean? But some guy who's never done anything but dog movies and producing, he go, hey, <laughs> hey, wow, wow, come here for a second. Let me let me let me holler at you real quick. I think maybe we should change this. Like, even I think Ron Perlman still has that kind of cash. You could go, look, I don't. That's not my character. That's not how this character is going to work. I don't think this is what it should do. And you would think that that guy would be like, you know what? I'm going to take your advice because you've been in a thousand of these fucking films, you know? And mm-hmm. I don't know. I just sometimes wonder, these guys have that kind of power in cachet. They should just, they should use it sometimes. It might save some of these fucking projects they're in.
0: Cash your chips, man. Cash your chips. I mean, I think it, this has been kind of the, um, really the sort of, um, uh, just use the term arc of Nicolas Cage of recent years, certainly for the last five, six years, where he's been working with a lot of, uh, new directors, lower-budget movies, because, you mm-hmm. know, he's like, I'm an independent actor, this is what I do. Um, so he's taking these risks on new new projects, which, hey, more power to him, respect oh, him love, for doing yeah. that, doesn't yeah. have to. But at the same time, you know, I I couldn't help, you know, sort of harkening back to sort of what we were talking about at the start here. Yes, there are a lot of faults in this. There were one or two little high points which are all lost in the convoluted confusion of it all. Mm-hmm. But then part of me was kind of thinking, like, it's fine if it had gone straight to Video Everywhere and it was like a straight to, I don't know, an Amazon release or Netflix mm. release, or whatever. I think you'd be a lot more forgiving of it. Um, but then I was also thinking, hey, at least it's not Avatar, right? So- <laughs> <laughs> yes. hey. However, there were
1: certain moments ago, maybe some blue cat people fucking <laughs> right now. What? <laughs> <Hey. laughs> If I have to if I have to watch two blue cat people fuck to keep Bobo alive, all right. Well, it's a trade off. We'll make the trade.
0: <laughs> That's the sword trap. It's like <laughs> <There> it <is. laughs> you're watching two blue people fuck to keep Bobo alive. What do you do? <laughs> so yeah, that's that's. Will the there be any trap. hand
1: lotion provided?
0: <laughs> are we going in dry to this blue cat thing? Um, is are we watching Jackie Earl Haley fuck a blue cat person? Listen, and I just need to know the parameters of this trap. And then yeah. listen, you've got a willing you've got a willing <laughs> the participant. A willing participant in this thing. Um uh. but I yeah, I certainly think on um on that on that blue raw dog and cat based bombshell, uh, <laughs> probably a perfect uh point to start sort of wrapping up here yeah. on the retirement plan. Um, but to think if it if it hasn't been made clear already, um what are your your final thoughts, your final takeaways on 2023's the retirement plan?
1: Really good performances from the main cast. unfortunately, the convoluted plot, and then the, a lot of the missteps that could have made this movie. A really enjoyable, just fun hour forty minutes of you know just getting getting your rocks off to watching Nick be be funny and <laughs> like the great performance from Pearl. It, it's worth one one sit through just to see just to see Nick Cage in a fucking wine shirt, but uh, just to see some of the stuff that does happen and. If you now know going into it, what we've just said, you might enjoy it because you'll laugh at some of the people. Like, yeah, there it is. Oh, there's the guy with the wig. He's right. You know, that <laughs> kind of thing. You now are going in with more information than we had going in. Yeah. So you might actually enjoy it more. But after one viewing, it'll just go into the bin of the other ones that you've talked about in your podcast where you go, you know, yeah. Okay, I've seen that movie of Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I can check the box that <laughs> I saw that movie. For well, the completion. You won't be going back to like, oh, that's Renfield. You don't see that again, or you know, uh the the massive weight of Unbearable Town or Willie's Wonderland. That's worth I own Willie's Wonderland. That's how good that is. I'm still trying to get one of those t shirts, one of the staff <laughs> shirts. That's how much I like that film. But uh yeah, it's not a Mandy. It's not gonna be up there in his Pantheon, but it was it was, you know. It was okay for for a nice afternoon to sit there and watch a film but it's not gonna you're gonna you'll fall asleep that and then wake up the next morning and forget all about it <laughs> you'll just move
0: on. yeah wholeheartedly agree it's um I, 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 like which i always like have to like chuckle using this as any kind of critique of a movie it was watchable which is the, i think like the bare minimum of any <laughs> film it was watchable <laughs> um you know you get the decent performances you'd expect, the serviceable performances you'd expect from your cages, your Haley's, your Perlman's it's, it's a little overblown with characters. It's way too complicated than a film like this needs to be. Um, but it's if very forgettable. You will watch it. If you choose to do so, you will forget about it the next morning. It's not going to be on anyone's top 10 uh, of the year list. Come the end, this will be another film that we discuss. We'll come and go um and it's just i think as we've really made clear here it's just a series of completely missed opportunities to have something a Mm. lot more fun which is kind of one of the most frustrating things about this and i'll say it again maybe i'll even subtitle the episode this hashtag justice for bobo he deserved better (laughs) yes yes Um, he did he did he deserved better um which is my 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 biggest (laughs) i think my biggest takeaway (laughs) from this whole thing um but with that said Uh, And as we wrap up here, um, it is once again left for me to say, uh, Scott K., thank you so much for taking the time to discuss this one with me. Really appreciate your time. For uh, the listeners who may be listening, uh, where can we find you on the internet, socials, all that good business as well?
1: Oh, yes. So (laughs) you can find me on the internet. You can find me in any of my podcast locations, which will be any one of the ones you use. Uh, I have the Church of Tarantino podcast, which is my main Tarantino podcast, I do a show with a gentleman from your neck of the woods in England, Mr. Steve Smith, we do the Cheeky Bastards podcast, and we also do Dropping a Bruce, where we look at all of the movies like this that Bruce Willis has found himself in at the end of his career, and you can find me on all the socials at the Church of Tarantino pod, or sometimes at the Church of QT, because Twitter, Mm -hmm. or I'm sorry, (laughs) X. X doesn't allow you to have a long handle, so you have to. It always fucks it up, right? Like when I got together, was like, "I'm in a Church of Tarantino," and then like, "I'm going to do it on Twitter." I'm like, (laughs) "Motherfucker, I can't have the same handle for awful." (laughs) So, yeah, you can find me at the Church of Tarantino. Um, But yeah, if you just go to uh, any one of the sites, you can also find all my links in there too. So, and I do believe I'll be on another show of yours sooner
0: than later. I wonder whatever you're talking
1: about. I know. Maybe about a man who's got a very weird penis. We might be talking about a man who has the,
0: (laughs) should we say the The golden golden hog hog of Hollywood? Some (laughs) might say. Um, So keep an eye out on the old phone channels there. Um, But links, all the links in the description down below as per usual. So once again, thank you, Scott Kate, for joining. What a pleasure it has been. Thank you for your time. Thank you. And we wrap up here. So thank you, dear listener for listening. If you have been we'll see you in the next one but until then as ever and always keep on keep on Cajun. it's all you have to do thank you very much take care and goodbye g g a g g g hey 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 hey